Celeste Florenzi, eccolo il cross tagliato di testa che da Capital of the world. What a strike! What a goal! What a comeback! What a game! There are no words to describe it! It's the TC Martin Show. Léger hors jeu, mais cette fois-ci, il n'y en a pas pour Marco Reus. Très fort devant le but! Oh, Prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. Largo pifio. Messi la tiene. Messi, Messi, Messi. Ahí está Iniesta. Gol! 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 Cerebro! Cerebro! Cerebro Iniesta! The doctor is now in. to have you with us here on a wild Wednesday edition of the T.C. Martin Show, middle of the work week, Nunchuck's favorite day, which is hump day. Absolutely correct. Yes. Feeling good, feeling fine, full of myself. Yes. The Vienna all beef dog, the poppy seed bun, the fresh cut fries. Shout out to my peeps, my girl, Cecilia, over at... Windy City, Chicago Pizzeria. I'm going to give them a whole new name. I'm going to add, you know, with Vienna beef, hot dogs, Italian beef, and everything else over there. Shout out to them. They need to change Arby's to Windy City because yeah. they have all the meats. <laughs> this is true. This is true. And pizza puffs. And the pizza puffs. Yeah. I believe uh, being delivered to, st- uh, to the studio. Very, very shortly. I can't wait. Yeah. The Chicago dog with the pizza puffs. So, yeah. Give them a shout out because uh, I, I will give Numchuck all the credit in the world. Um, you know, it's usually like a little role reversal, me turning you. you but Numchuck is, is good with food. There's no question. And he told me about this new spot that I had to go check out because I'm always looking for, you know, great, uh, authentic Chicago style food, whether it is the hot dogs or the deep dish pizza or whatever. And I got to say, since you turned me on to this nunchuck, I think I have now been four times in a week. <laughs> that, that I was going to say. You were, yeah. I love it. Yeah. No. Outstanding stuff. And a lot of people, you know, I made my post last couple of days and people go, oh, they get a little confused because there's a couple of different windy cities around town. But this one is Durango near Twain. That's where you got to go. All right. You got to go uh, see the lovely Cecilia. Uh, she's the manager over there, does a fantastic job. And if you like your pizza, your deep dish, your thin crust, the Vienna all beef hot dogs, and yes, the pizza puff, which I got introduced to, which I had no idea about. Do you have any idea how worried I was about letting you use my number to call her to do your <laughs> hot dog investigation? The investigation. That, you were worried? I was worried. Well, why is that? Because I know they have that caller ID and it like it goes into their system. Yeah, I'm in their system. So like, if you would have made an ass of yourself, and so you were worried that I would do that if she got sick and tired of you. Okay. Yeah. 
and just like hung up. And then all of a sudden, I called like to order something yeah. tonight or something. How did it work out for you? It worked great. Yeah, there, I mean, you, go. there you go. But I'm just like, I was halfway worried. I was like, oh, he's right. gonna he's right. gonna ruin this place for me. I can't so we, go. So we got to go. We got to tell the story here. So when Numchuck told me about this place, it, it was off the air after the show one day last week, and I said, okay, yeah, well really is it really that good yeah it, it's great it's guy i said get him on the phone and he goes what i said get him on the phone i said i got i gotta vet them and he's like uh, i don't know i said dude I, I i gotta ask the pertinent questions okay go ahead so cecilia answers the phone and i introduce myself say that uh Thinking about coming by, I got a few questions. She was very nice, very polite, answered the questions. And I said, okay, so first of all, what kind of hot dogs are you serving? And she goes, Vienna beef. Oh, well, I get, check that box right there. Uh, what about the bun? She says, poppy seed bun. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> then I got into the, hmm, what about the dogs? You know, are they the thick dogs, the thin dogs? Yeah, sort of thing. You know, what's the ratio? And again, I've ordered Vienna hot dogs by the case before. So I know it's like the four to ones are the real thick ones, all right? Quarter of a pound translation. Then the six to one is what I is I prefer. Then they have like the eight to one, which is the really skinny ones, which a lot of places have. And then she goes, no, they're, they're, they're six to one. I go, oh, well, there you go. You know, uh, steamed, boiled, grilled, whatever you like. <laughs> so I checked all the boxes. I said, okay, I got to go. Oh, and then the most important question, French fries, fresh cut fries, homemade fresh cut fries. Okay. So I go, I try it. I check it out, check all the boxes, fantastic. And there we go. Got myself a, another spot into the rotation there. Now, they have Italian beef. They have uh, the, the pizzas, which I still have not tried yet. So I think I really, and I said this to Cecilia today, that I've got to try the deep dish pizza. Yeah. Got to do it. And you've had it. No, so I had I had the cracker crust. Yeah. And I loved that. Mm-hmm. Cut in squares, of course. Cut, of course, but, Chicago style. But she will. They will cut it. They cut in pies no matter for what. You. Yeah, yeah. We had this discussion as well too today. So, but, but the deep dish. I got. I got to check it out. Can we kind of say what she just said to to you today? What's that about? What customers say about their beef? Are we allowed? Sure, I okay. guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was asking about the Italian beef. Yeah. Because of course we have the lovely Michelle here, and nobody is, here has had it yet. No one's had. I've it. Never, I right. haven't had it. So it's funny because I had this discussion with her at the restaurant today. How people are are like they're afraid. They're yeah. afraid to order. Like, and she's going, "No, you got to try it. You got to try it." And I get that when you're used to having a certain item that you really like at another spot, you are going to be a little hesitant to try a certain menu item, right? And so I totally get that. And especially you guys that are originally from Chicago, like yourself, Big yeah. Al and, and, Michelle. and Michelle. Yeah. And she goes, I don't know. Is, is, you know, how's this beef? Is it any good? So I said, okay, I'll, 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 I'll vet them about the, the beef. And they go, here's the quote. The regular customers that come in, Said this Italian beef sandwich, the beef itself, better than Portillo's. 
you're nervous. That, that that makes me nervous. You have no idea, like, because Portillo's is like. You think that's the number one, the number gold, two, the gold standard. That right? is, yeah. Do you think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I asked. I know the company where they get their beef from because she told me. All right, but then they do everything here. Yeah. All right, make everything fresh there. So here's the the good thing you got going for you. The owner of this restaurant, all right, based in Chicago. Yeah. So when you got Windy City, you know, that name on it. But yeah, you got to be careful because there are several different Windy Cities and they're not correlated to each other. I've had people hit me up. Oh, is that the one on, on this street? And I go, no, 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 no. They're totally separate. So go check them out. Go ahead and tell them TC sent you. Numchuck sent you. Uh, give us your thoughts on it as well, too. But uh, yeah, really... Appreciate that. And yeah, not only have I been, but then introduced Big Al to him. So pick him up from the airport yesterday and it's like, okay, where are we going? Where are we going? And I said, it's a surprise. You know, I had my DePaul shirt on and he goes, I, I don't get it. You know, I said, I said, you know, the, this shirt has something to do with where we're going. Yeah. And it took him a while. And then we pulled up and I, I, I said, he goes, well, where are we going? I go, just pull in right here and drive straight ahead. You'll see. And he goes, Windy City Chicago Pizza. Okay. And then so there it is. So he's now making his second trip and he's been here less than 24 hours. That's great. Yeah. There he goes. So yeah, we bring customers, have a good time. Now do we know but what go he, check them out? Do we Fantastic. know what, what he ordered today? Uh he's in the process of of ordering and bringing you guys food right no, now. I understand that. Yeah. But I'm saying him. Was he gonna try the beef today? I'm I, sure he's getting a pizza puff because uh, he's, yeah, he's going to the pizza puff. I think he's getting like me. He's pretty stuck on, just on the dog. The dog. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what he's going to get, you know, but knowing Big Al, he could get, you know, several he, items. He's just going to bring a big ass bag in here. Yeah. And we're just like, <laughs> what are you doing? And you're excited. I am. But you, you declined the other day. And then now today you're excited. I am. Cause you paced yourself. Cause I paced myself. I haven't eaten today. Yeah. You know, I'm. Started here early, yeah. here late. Yeah. So it's like I was going to go there and have some food. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to. There you go. Yeah. Show a little discipline is what you did. Exactly. All right. Fantastic stuff over there. All right. Today on the show, uh, we are hitting the college landscape today with two of our great college football analysts. The one and only Trevor Maddich joins us, ESPN College Football, and of course, our guru as well, too. Trev is going to join us, and we're going to get into that story here in just a, a matter of a couple minutes here. And then he'll join us at the bottom of the hour on the new college football 12-team playoff format that was unanimously approved yesterday. We're going to get into that with him. Also, Timmy B joins us today. Tim Brando, who is fresh off the call last night on the college basketball hardwood, not a glass floor, but the hardwood there at the uh, on the campus of Villanova as he did the Butler and Villanova game last night and on Fox Sports 1. And then right after that, what took place? The upset right here that was called Creighton defeats Yukon last night and they blew them out there in Omaha, Nebraska. And what a, what a game that was. So, um, kind of had a feeling last night that, uh, that was going to happen. So, uh, great job by the Creighton Blue Jays, who UNLV defeated here 
in Henderson at the Dollar Loan Center, if you remember going back a couple months ago. But uh, Creighton playing some good ball. They knocked off the number one team in the land uh, last night, uh, UConn. So we'll talk to Tim Brando about that. And also, of course, Timmy B does uh, the college football as well for Fox Sports. So we'll get his take on that. And you know how Timmy B is. He's been very, very vocal over the years about the college football playoff, the travesty, and all that stuff. So, Numchuck, we may have a record. We've had Tim Brando can go, as we know. Yes. He can go. Yep. So this could be a, one of the longer interviews today. And I may only need to maybe ask two or three questions. <laughs> because I'm pretty sure. Once it. I open that door with him about the college football playoff, it's he's gonna go. He's just gonna go. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. So, uh, so love those guys. Love having them on on a regular basis. So Trevor and Tim Brando uh, will join us today. But let's get to the news. It, the college football playoff has an official structure. Kind of. You like the way I leave that open? Kind of. Yes. Okay. I want you to follow me here, and now you'll know what I'm I'm saying. So everyone's excited, right? Hey, finally getting rid of the four-team college football playoff. And, you know, teams are left out. The seating's kind of a joke. Well, okay, it's all going to get fixed, right? When we go to 12 teams because you know, everyone will be included that should be included, right? Mm, yes, that part is going to get fixed. So let's give it to you. The college football playoff board of managers unanimously, and this is important, unanimously approved a model that will guarantee the five highest-ranked college conference champions in the 12-team field, which will begin this fall, along with the next seven highest-ranked teams. So after months and months of delay um, because of what has happened with the Pac-12, where they basically disbanded, the decision was made yesterday morning in a virtual meeting of 10 FBS commissioners and the Notre Dame president, Reverend John Jenkins. The vote had to be unanimous for a five plus seven format. All right. Five plus seven equals 12, right? Five conference champions, seven basically at large. We'll use that terminology like we have uh, in the NCAA basketball tournament, right? All right. So it was approved. So now we have a format and we have protocol. Okay. So what does this five plus seven mean? It means this. The top five conference champions will qualify for the playoff. Now, remember, there's really not that power five anymore. The power five is now a power four. I love it because Numchuk is t- taking notes here, and I'm going to call. I, I'm going to call on him. You do. I am. Whether you, you raise your hand or not, I'm going to call on you. And you sit in the back, that back row of the class. There, I see that. My head's down, sleeping. Yeah, I, alone. of course. All right, so we have four power conference champions: the SEC, the Big Ten, the Big Twelve, and the ACC. Pac-12 gone. Right now, you may ask, who is that fifth? Power conference, if there's only now four. Well, the fifth will be the highest ranked of the other so-called next-level conferences. Mount West, American, Conference USA, Sun Belt, 
Mid-American, which is the, the Mighty Mac, right? So the college football playoff intentionally will, uh, will not refer to the group of five as its description of the format. The group of five being those s- secondary conferences, right? Because there's a chance that a champion from one of the power four conferences, all right, again, the power four, who are the power four now, Chuck? I didn't take those notes. <laughs> Off the top of your head. You SEC. Should. Yes. Big time. Yes. Come on. Uh, Another uh, one starts with a B. It's big. Big, tw- no, big 12. Very good. Three for three. And those guys that uh, play a lot of good college basketball. SEC. SEC. Atlantic. Oh, Atlantic Coast. Coast. ACC. Conference. ACC. There you go. Jeez. You were sleeping. I was. I'm I thought sorry. I had your full attention. Unbelievable. I'm sorry. All right. So anyway, um, where was I? See, you got me thrown off now. Okay. <laughs> so this group of five, okay, they're going to be included in the, the, uh, in, the fi- in the in the five of the plus seven. Got it? All right. So, but you got to be careful here because you go back to 2021, when Cincinnati was ranked number four in the country, they were undefeated, and they were representing the American Athletic Conference, right? They're the champions. But the ACC champion that year was Pitt, and they finished at number 12 with two losses. All right? So in this 12-team format, the four highest-ranked conference champions will receive a first-round bye, and that's huge. First-round bye in the first four. All right? So now we've talked about who the five are, right? We got the, yes. the 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 power four plus the highest ranked of I don't want to say the Rudy Poos but the secondary conferences. Yes. All right, which we said Mount West Conference, Conference USA, American Sun Belt, MAC. Gotcha. Now the seven is the seven highest ranked non conference champions. So seven at large. So say for example Georgia wins the SEC. Yeah. Okay. Alabama would be, would be one an at large yep. or LSU would be an at large. Okay. Finishing in the top four is very, very important because those four will receive a buy in the opening round. Okay. Now that brings us to the independents. Who is the most famous independent out there? Notre Dame. Notre Dame cannot be in the top four. Say Notre Dame goes undefeated. They can't be in the top four because those top four are reserved, so to speak, all right, for those conference champions. So they're basically penalizing Notre Dame or an independent here. And if you go back to who I said who was in this meeting, obviously you had those conference presidents, but you had Notre Dame president in there as well, too, because this all had to be voted for. Now, people are going to say, well, you know, Notre Dame should join the conference, all right? They should just join the Big Ten. Heck, they play basketball. They're part of the ACC. Why is Notre Dame join? Well, because you know the deal. It's all about the money, and Notre Dame has that contract with NBC, and they have their traditional opponents, which I can appreciate. They're going to play USC every year. They're going to play Michigan State every year, you know, going to play Army, Navy. They're going to do all that. But where this can hurt Notre Dame is if those regular opponents keeping up that tradition, which I appreciate, they could have down years and Notre Dame could just get kicked to the curb. And there could be that prejudice factor as well where people say, listen, 
Notre Dame thinks they're all that. Okay, they don't want to join a conference. You know, they want to be in, in, independent. They want to snub their nose. You know, a lot of people feel that way. And has Notre Dame been shunned in the past because people didn't want to vote for them? You know, conference presidents didn't want to vote for them. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So where does that leave Oregon State and Washington State, right? Because remember, they are left of the pack two right now. Oregon State, Washington State have a temporary scheduling partnership with the Mountain West Conference this coming year. They're going to play six Mountain West Conference opponents. They're going to have to fight for spots in that seven at large because the Pac-12 is gone. So you're left out on the doorstep, Washington State and Oregon State. Good luck. All right. Now, you may ask if this format was this past college football season in 2023 – what would it look like? So I'm going to tell you and, and tell me what you think about this here. So if you go back to this year, it would look like this. The top four would have buys, which would be Michigan, Washington, Texas, and Alabama. Your first round games would have been this. The eight, nine matchup would have been Oregon against Missouri. And then the winner would get Michigan. Number five would have been Florida State. And they would play number 12, the old 5-12 matchup, kind of like college basketball here in the tournament, right? Would have been Liberty. Liberty. Do we really believe Liberty is one of the top 12 teams in the country? Number six would have been Georgia, which was a farce, as we saw, them being number six. What a joke. Number 11 would have been Ole Miss. Number seven would have been Ohio State. Number 10 would have been Penn State. So that's how that would have looked. Which begs the question again here. All right. They were, do we want teams like Liberty, which more than likely would get shellacked like they did against Oregon in that Fiesta Bowl this year, which was a joke? So is this perfect? Uh, is it imperfect? Yes. But everyone thinks that just because you have a 12-team playoff that everything is going to be perfect. Well, if you're just doing the top 12 teams in the country, it'd probably work itself out. But because you are assigning conference champions to these you know, top four seeds, what if you get a conference champion again that – like Pitt had a couple of years ago, they had two losses. And the ACC is not the same, all right? They are not the same as they used to be when Clemson and Florida State and Miami were powerhouses. And they would, you know, the winner of that would come out undefeated or with one loss. But that conference is down. And I understand it goes in cycles. But you have to be careful. Again, like college football has been over decades and decades and decades. They kind of mean well, but they never get it right. They never got this thing right. They were reluctant to go to a playoff. And we we had to pull teeth to get, oh, let's just have number one and number two. All right, then uh, let's go to four. They refused to go to six or eight. They just, uh, we go to 12 after about a decade delay. So 
it's one thing if you got the top 12 teams. Okay, that's fine. But you're probably not. What do you, and you're giving out buys. If you're giving out buys, it should be the top four teams in the country, not the top four so called power conference champions. Because you could have a champion in here that has two losses. You could have a conference champion that has three losses if everyone's beating each other up. So, yeah, this is. Is it better than it's been? Yes, no question. But just because you expanded to 12 does not necessarily mean that this is bulletproof. Now, are they going to have different bowl games or is it just going to be like the same situation? You know what I'm saying? Like, are we going to have to have now the Pop-Tart toaster suitable? See, this is the problem that's unanswered. And I'm going to ask Trevor this question. I think... No one has an answer right now. What's going to happen to the traditional college bowl games? Yeah. All right. Especially the New Year's Day games. What's going to happen with that? Do they go by the wayside? Do you now have these early games being bowl games? Meaningful? Or, or yeah. I mean, who knows what? And so that's another thing they got to try to work out. But again, college football has such a problem with just trying to do the common sense thing. But that's uh, a great question. Oh, speaking of which, I've been. You brought up something, uh-oh. and it's not an uh oh, but oh. you know where we're going with this, Are right? We going Pop Tart? Yes, okay. yes, yeah. I don't do. We need breaking news because it's not breaking news anymore. It's not right? breaking news because anymore. I have been sitting on this story. I've had you. I've had listeners hit me up with this because they know what a you know Pop Tart guy we I am. Right? Talk about this right after the day of the Kansas City shooting. Yeah, this is when it happened, right? Yeah. Exactly, right, right, right. So, as we know, we had the Pop Tart Bowl this year, like you mentioned. But uh, yes, what it was the the founder of the Pop Tart? Yes, just recently died this past week, he was, right? He was ninety eight, ninety eight, ninety six, ninety. I know it was yeah, upper nineties. Yes, and uh, so that was a story, and I meant to hit on that. His name is William Bill Post. William Bill, Bill Post. Post. Bill Post. Now wait a minute. Now. Wait a minute. You said Post. I said Post. Post is a cereal brand. Yeah. Is this the king of the cereal brand? Like the, the you know, the Post Toasties and the, uh, you know, Honeycomb Post or what? You know, Post Cereal. No. You look that up. Seriously, because there's Kellogg's, right? Yeah. And then there's Post. Post, a very popular cereal brand. Something tells me, my friend, if this guy's name was Post, he might be one of the founders of... And Pop-Tart is a breakfast cereal. I might be onto something here, Numchuck. I don't know. Let's go. Check it out. CW Post. CW Post. That's who created it. CW Post. Is this CW Post? Mr. Pop-Tart? William Bill Post. How how does that make CW? William. There's a W. William. It might be. Charlie William. Come on. You got to dig deep. You know, I really, you know, I really should have been a a college professor. Do you see the way I broke all of that down? And then I I called on the class, woke you up out of a dead sleep. You said you were taking notes and you kind of were, kind of weren't. Didn't I just break that down perfectly? You did. Like a college professor. You know what I love about colleges? There's no bells. Okay. It's like class ends whenever you want to end. No, there's no bells. You understand that? Like say, okay, it's 11 o'clock or, you know, it's like, not bling, 
you know, classes in, classes out. It's like, okay, hey, uh, you're dismissed. Half the time, the professors don't even show up for class. I used to love those classes. Hold on. I, I need it again. Yeah. Hold on. Right, I need one? it. What, what do you need? I need the school My, bell. Uh, bling. No, that's, that's, that's more like a telephone. That's a school bell right there. <laughs> Seriously, is Mr. Pop-Tart part of the post-family serial hierarchy? No, he died at... Of a heart of heart failure at ninety six. He was ninety six. Ninety six. Ninety six. There you go. February tenth. Okay. 10th. okay. But you're not answering my question. Though. It's because it doesn't have anything about post serial. Doesn't have anything I'm about post serial. Did did you look up the post serial yeah, founder? The, yes, post serial founder was C W Post. So it's a different post. Different post. Mm, I'm trying to do with Larry here. Like, I'm, I'm wondering if it's yeah. family. Got to be. Yeah, if family. It's like, may, or maybe that's a branch off. Maybe they didn't get along. Hey, when did CW Post come up with the Post serials? 1964. Really? Yes. I would think it was even before then. Now, they're, th- this is the same guy or, or they're related. I'm telling you. Serial Madness is back. Should we bring it back? Yes, Serial Madness. Who's going to advance? That was beautiful. Can we That's do Serial Madness this uh, year? I knew you were going to say that. We need to. No. Yes. When we come back, Trevor Maddich will join us as we get to the bottom and get his thoughts as we break down the 5 plus 7 equals 12. But is the 12 really the 12 that we want? Is the 5 really should be the 5 or should it be the 4? Should it be 6 and 6? Should it be 5 and 7? You do the math. I'm ready to go in, coach. Just give me a chance. The doctor is now in. In. All right, back at the Westgate of Las Vegas on Friday. Yes, as we get ready to handicap another big college football, college football, assuming, college basketball weekend. How's that? Got that going on. But college football is in the forefront here in the last couple of days. And we just hit on that uh, pretty hard in the our last segment about the college football playoff. Who better to talk to? Then the revamped college football playoff format, then the one, the only, the ESPN college football guru, our guru, just a guru of many, Trevor Maddich. Trev, what is happening? TC, boy, if I'm a guru, I got to grow my hair longer and wear a robe. You know, as long as you don't look like that goofball in the Geico commercial who they're shoving down our throat once again. All right, the the caveman. All right, you don't look anything like the caveman or that guy, Trevor, and that's a good thing. Yeah, you know, when the caveman first came out years ago in the Geico commercials, I liked it. But I just get the impression that this caveman just sits around waiting to complain about something. It's like, dude, you're a caveman. Get over it. Go accomplish something. Right? Don't 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 whine because people note that you're a caveman and they freak out by it. They, that's their problem, not yours. I agree. I, I totally agree. And that, that guy has always kind of been on my nerves, and now he's gotten on my nerves more and more that they bring him back. I mean, do I want to see a caveman and some lady? You know, laying in a bed that's got, you know, cracker crumbles all over and this and that and him whining and crying. I don't want to see that, Trevor. I don't need to see that in my 30 seconds. I, give me a, give me a better commercial than that. 
You know what? Yeah, no, I listen. The, the Super Bowl commercials. There were a couple that I liked. The, there were two of them with members of the cast of the TV series Suits. I, I really like those a lot. Yeah. I like the one with Christopher Walken, where everybody is talking like Christopher Walken to Christopher Walken. I thought that was great. But most of them were like, really, you spent that much money and didn't bother to put anything into creativity of your content? It's like, come on now. I know. I know. There it is. All right. And now he's the guru of television commercials as well, too. So you broke that down marvelously, I must say. That was good. Well, you're you're welcome. (laughs) All right. Now, let's get your thoughts on the revamped college football format. We knew it was coming, but now it's official. We've got the five plus seven. I'm not sure if it's really truly five plus the seven, Trevor, or if it's maybe the four plus the one plus the seven. That's what I think we should have done here. Because when I break it down, I don't see five power five conferences. I see four and then one, I don't know, in quotation marks, Rudy Poos or whatever, or the secondary division. And then I put the seven at large, as we use in college basketball terms. So... I think I want to start that. The four plus one plus seven. And if you add the math, I believe that gives us 12. Uh, man, I used to think I, I understood it pretty well. I, I have no idea now. Uh, I, uh, I think this is great. I mean, I really, really like what they're doing. My, my, I had two big concerns with expanding beyond four and really expanding beyond eight. They're, they're at 12 now for the upcoming season. The first one was that you'd lose scarcity, that you would, you know, if you have too many spots available, then the regular season doesn't count as much as it would if there were only four spots or even eight. But the more I think about it, the more I like it at 12, because it keeps every region of the country involved in the national race. And so you don't have, like, the Pac-12 and the Big 12 best teams lose two games early for whatever reason, and then they're out of the national conversation. And we don't talk about them very much on Sports Center because as the season goes on, we're talking about the teams that have a chance to make the four-team playoff because that's sort of the national picture. And so I, I, I like it that fan bases all over the country and teams all over the country – can still be uh, have a legitimate chance to get in. And keep, keep this in mind. When you've got a new coaching staff or maybe a young quarterback or maybe some early injuries, you can lose a couple games early and then come back and late in the season end up being one of the best teams in the country. But based on your overall record, because of what you lost in September, you're not going to qualify for the 14 playoff. And so it opens up more possibilities. So, so I like that. The other thing I like about it, TC, is that, it maintains the value of conference championships. Yeah, the SEC championship between Georgia and Alabama this year, both teams would have made the 12-team playoff. But here's the difference. The team that won the SEC championship would get most likely a first-round bye, and the team that lost it would make the playoff, but they got to play in the first round. And so the top four most high-ranked conference champions, so that excludes Notre Dame because they can't win a conference, but the top four highest-ranked conference champions get a first-round bye. And I think that maintains the value of conference championships, and I love that about the way they've formatted this. Okay, so that is great. 
But then again, you have that situation. You remember it just happened a couple seasons ago, what, 2021, where you had an undefeated Cincinnati team that was ranked number four in the country. And, you know, you had an ACC champion in Pitt that had two losses that, you know, was outside of the top 10. I mean, you're getting, and that's why I say, okay, you've got like the four now because, you know, the power five is gone. It's this power four because the Pac 12 is gone. And then now you're incorporating, you know, the five conference champions. And they're going to take the highest ranked champion of the secondary group of, you know, the Mountain West Conference USA, the American, the Sun Belt, and the MAC, and, and that sort of thing. So I'm just saying, don't you feel that there are still some holes that are are left open here? Um, you know, I mean, I agree with you. It's better than it was. We got to 12. Okay, that's what we wanted to do. But it's not the top 12, Trevor. It's not the 12 highest ranked teams. So I guess my question to you here is, I mean, is this the best we can do with, with the way they've laid it out right here? Oh, sure. I mean, let's say you've got the Big 12 champion is is – Six and six, right. right? And so they win the Big Twelve. Let's assume they have a conference championship game. So they're, they're seven and six, and they're not ranked, right? Right. Uh, they they um, probably won't make the playoff if they're ranked twentieth because they're eight and four, nine and four. They may not make the playoff, and I think this is kind of good because you've got some very good teams in what we now consider the group of five. And that's going to kind of, you know, kind of diminish, I think, that, that, that label, but some very good teams. And it may well be that of the remaining power four conferences, that two of those champions will be lower ranked than two group of five champions, say the Sun Belt and Pickett, the American or Conference USA. And so you could, you could have two. Group of five champions, if they're ranked highly enough, then that will give them even more incentive to schedule up, so they can have the kind of, um, you know, the, the kind of schedule that would allow them to be highly ranked enough to be able to get into that point. So I think you've got a lot of possibilities and a lot of things that could happen because of this, and I don't have a problem with that. The fact that Cincinnati was in at number four, you know, in twenty one, like you mentioned. And Pitt, ACC champ, was ranked behind them. Well, if that was the, the you know, Pitt might not make the automatic berths, but Pitt probably would make the, the 12. Mm-hmm. It's just that the seeding and where they play in those games is what would change. You know, we have always had more what-ifs with the old format, right, of only four teams. Uh, the good thing here is it doesn't look like any real contender for a national championship will be left out, but the seeding could be problematic the way I look at it. What is the biggest concern that you feel that maybe we should have with this format? What would be, uh, what would be kind of the red flag if there is one? You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of games. That's, that's what I worry about. You know, when you have the, the lower seed team play the higher seed team, they might be good enough to win that game. But can then they do it again the second time with their depth? And can they do it again the third time? And, you know, they just might get beat down playing that kind of competition at the end of the season. I mean, I, you know, I played at BYU, 
And we have seen BYU as an independent in recent years schedule six or seven Power Five schools. And because they didn't recruit to a Power Five schedule, they didn't have the depth to withstand that. And so later in the season, their, their start, a lot of starters were hurt. They were playing backups, and the rotational guys behind those backups probably shouldn't have been playing at all. And then last year was BYU's first year in the Big 12. They went 5-7, and seven, and the same kind of thing happened. They're working on building that depth up. Well, when you've got a group of five schools that are now getting into the 12-team playoff, will they be able to maintain that kind of a run and stay healthy at the end of the season? That's the thing that I worry about. Speaking of Notre Dame, all right, uh, here we go. They they could have a great season, and they cannot get a first-round bye, meaning they cannot be in the top four because those are reserved for the conference champions. So, you know, Notre Dame, do they approach this differently where, okay, we've heard the talk before about, hey, Notre Dame should be in the Big Ten. Notre Dame basically has played an ACC schedule for the better part of the last, you know, five, six, seven years. Uh, and they do it in basketball and other sports, should they be pressured or feel the pressure to join a conference? And do you think Notre Dame will ever join a conference? You know, I, I, I don't know that they will join a conference. The reason is, the reason is that they value being independent so much. I mean, they, they could probably make more money as a member of the Big Ten at this point because of, um, you know, just because of the way the Big Ten is getting paid and everything else. But to Notre Dame, the prestige of being independent is a big deal to them. And the thing is, the Notre Dame athletic director was on the working group that came up with this format. And so, you know, Notre Dame could have could have vetoed this whole thing, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think they understood the situation and they accepted that for the good of college football – and for the good of conference races all around the rest of the, the landscape, they would need to make that sacrifice. Now, as time goes on, we're going to see more information um, as things play out because we don't know exactly how it's going to work out. We think we have an idea. I think I have an idea. But the law of unintended consequences is going to, to play a big role here. Notre Dame may find that they make the playoff most years but they really don't have a good chance at making the the national championship because the top four teams with the buys are not just the best teams theoretically, but that buy may turn out to be a a massive advantage. And if that's the case, then Notre Dame may rethink it. The good news is that Notre Dame, you know, they could join pretty much any conference they want, any time they want. So it's totally up to them. But right now they would have had to have agreed to the concept that they would not be able to get a, a buy in that first week. But then again, they, they could have a home playoff game in South Bend, which would also be a, a very cool thing if that happens every year. Yeah. It, it, let me ask you, speaking of Notre Dame, what do you think the view of Notre Dame is from these other schools or these other conferences? Because, you know, we have always heard in the past, like, hey, Notre Dame, you know, they kind of uh, think they're better than everybody else. They've got their own TV deal. They refuse to, to join a conference. It's all about the money. And, you know, we've seen Notre Dame 
be left on the doorstep, you know, before as well, you know, outside the top two or outside the top four when maybe they should have been in consideration. Uh, just curious. And again, what, what do you think, how are they viewed, you know, with the other powers to be in these other, you know, power four conferences? Uh, TC, that's a great question. And I think the way they're viewed is that rivalries aside, you know, they're big rivals with, with USC and Stanford and some of the Big 12 schools, uh, excuse me, Big 10 schools. And now over in the ACC, they're developing those because they have a scheduling relationship in football with the ACC. And rivalries aside, competition aside, I think the, the players in college football who understand what's happening, not, not football players, but, you know, the powers that be, understand that college football is better when Notre Dame is good and competing for national championships because Notre Dame is the Yankees, right? When Notre Dame is really good, they're polarizing, and you either love them or you despise them. You know, they're Alabama, they're Ohio State, they're Michigan, what Michigan has become the last couple of years. And college football is stronger when Notre Dame is stronger, and I think that that the, the people making the decisions in college football don't want to kneecap Notre Dame because even though Notre Dame might beat them more often than not, everybody will make more money if Notre Dame is good. Mm. He is Trevor Maddich breaking it down, talking about the revamped college football playoff, the 12-team college football playoff. All right, Trev, you hit on something there um, just a little while ago saying that, hey, how cool would it be for Notre Dame to host a first-round uh, playoff game? You know, we know the top four will get buys, but there's still some unknown uh, commodities here or things that are left open that that I haven't heard, and maybe you know. But what is going to be the format here? Are we talking about this opening round being played at home sites of the higher-seeded teams? Are we going to get into, you know, then opens the question about bowl games. What is going to happen to the you know traditional format of bowl games? Has uh, the NCAA decided, you know, what's going to happen with that, or when is that decision coming, or what do you know? Well, money talks, right? Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to the bowl games, there's no way that they'll just obliterate the bowl system. That just won't happen. Uh, I don't even know that there will be fewer bowls. People think that, okay, there's, you know, 40-some bowls and, you know, 80 teams will make a bowl, 80-plus some years, depending on, the, the you know, how many bowls are out there. I think that's great because those bowls benefit the teams that play in them, they benefit the communities that host them. They benefit the charities that are associated with it. And they benefit the sponsors. And if it weren't for that, then they wouldn't exist. The fact is that they do. And for people who think that, well, gee, I don't want to watch that 38th of 42 bowl game. You know, I don't want to watch that game. Well, fine then. There's this thing called the TV remote. You can pick it up, point it at the TV, and switch over to the Kardashians and have a great old time with your entertainment hour. Right. So I don't think you're going to see the bulls go away. What you will see is most likely uh, a disillusion of the guaranteed conference tie-ins of what we consider now the New Year's Six Bulls. So instead of the Rose Bowl being the Big Ten of the Pac-12, well, it can't be that anyway now. There's only two teams left in the Pac-12, for goodness sake. But then the Sugar Bowl, the SEC, and the, and the Big 12, the Orange Bowl – you know, you've got bowl automatic tie-ins. And the negotiations right now include 
conversations with those bulls about losing the automatic tie-ins so that you can have better matchups regionally that relate to the playoffs. So that is one difference that you will likely see with the um, with the bulls, certainly at the top end. They will probably continue to be associated with the 12-team playoff, although not in the first round or two. But then you won't see the conference tie-ins for the bulls that are not in the playoff. You'll see different kinds of configurations of what's happening there. I happen to think that it's a great idea to play at least the first couple of rounds at home stadiums. It's great for the fans. It's great for the pageantry of college football. One thing about bowls is that you normally, except for the bigger ones, you don't see the stadiums full. You'll see every one of these stadiums full. And you can't really ask fans to spend money, travel, get a hotel room, you know, take off of work maybe, and then do it again next week because your team won, then do it again next week because your team won. And then you've got the national championship game. So now that's the one you really want to go to. So now you dig deeper into your pocket. You do it again. You don't have to do that necessarily if it's home and home. And that's really the way the FCS playoffs work, where everything until the final four is played at a home stadium. And so those home fans can just cross the street and watch. You know, you mentioned the buy situation here, and I think it should be noted, and you 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 touched on it, that a a buy in this format in football is so much different and so much more important, and it's a huge advantage. That's the word that you said, and you're so right about that because you know I think people just compare this to basketball or baseball or some other sport where you're either playing you know daily or you're pl- playing twice a week or three times a week is totally different because of the physicality and everything. It, you can't compare it to getting a buy in the you know uh, in a in a college basketball or a baseball tournament or something like that, right? So the teams that have that initial buy, those four teams, that is a huge, huge advantage. And I think when it's all said and done, Trevor, I, it would surprise me, it would shock me if anyone wins the national championship or gets to a champ, uh, to the championship game that is outside of the top four because of that fact. Yeah, and I think that because it's the top four highest-ranked conference champions that get those buys, mm-hmm. you could have a, a group of five conference champion that has multiple teams in power conferences ranked ahead of them that didn't win their own conference championship, and the group of five champion will still get that buy if they are one of the top four highly ranked conference champions. So that is even more enormous because of what we talked about before. The group of five teams might have starters where multiple guys are going to the NFL. They got a hot quarterback. They got a great running back. They got a couple of shutdown quarters. Good to go. A couple of pass rushers, but they don't have enough depth. And having to win three or four games to win the national championship at the end of an already long season is more taxing on them than it would be for a team like Georgia that has three deep of guys ready to go to rotate in, and then it'll be in the NFL as soon as they, uh, you know, age out and they're eligible to go into the draft. And so it will it would really help that group of five. So if I'm one of the top group of five teams, if I'm a, a Tulane, for example, I am absolutely trying to schedule up in my non-conference so that on those years when I have that roster and we stay healthy and we get hot, I have a chance to be one of the top four highest-ranked conference champions. And even if there's 
five other teams that are ranked ahead of me. If if one of those uh, Power Four conference champs is not very good, loses several games, and we're ranked ahead of them, then I still get to buy. Mm-hmm. And so that's one thing to really watch for. Now, one thing to also watch for, though, is this is what we assume. It's what I assume. It makes most sense. But keep in mind also that having a buy sometimes causes trouble because you lose the the week-to-week timing and chemistry with your offense especially. And sometimes it takes a quarter or a half to get that timing back in a game. So we'll find out if it really is as big an advantage as we think it is based on how those teams play coming out of being idle for a while. Yeah, but I would think, though, I mean, this format is going to be better than the, the playoff format because, you know, you've had three, four weeks off. This way you're not going to – you maybe have two weeks off, right? Because they will start this a little bit earlier, so maybe you will not have as much rust as, say, that we've seen in years past. Yeah, that's very possible. Yeah. But, see, this is where I think for fans part of the fun of this is to to look at what we expect and see if it comes true yep. and to always keep in mind the law of unintended consequences because it won't be exactly like we think, and that's part of the fun of it. You got it. Trev, great stuff, my friend. Appreciate you taking the time and joining us today and breaking this down, uh, the revamped college football playoff format. Uh, looking forward to, to seeing this in action coming up uh, later in the fall and uh, in the winter. Brother, take take care of yourself, man. Yeah, I appreciate it, TC. Thanks. You got it. There he is, Trevor Maddich. You can catch him on ESPN. Our college football guru joins us each and every week during the course of the season. I appreciate him taking some time off because this is his off-season time. All right. Little fat boy Slim. Bootsy Collins. Little Bootsy in here. I love it. I love it. All right. We continue on. On the other side, we'll pick up this conversation and get some poignant thoughts the always opinionated and right on the money usually Tim Brando will join us and we'll talk some college basketball as well in hour number two. Walk without rhythm. It won't attract the one.